has come, let earth receive her King. Let every heart prepare Him room, and heaven and nature sing, and heaven and nature sing, and heaven and heaven and nature sing. No let sin and sorrow grow, nor thorns infest the ground. He comes to make his blessings flow, far as the curse is found, far as the curse is found, far as, far as the curse is found. He rules the world with truth and grace and makes the nations prove the glories of His righteousness and wonders of His love and wonders of His love and wonders and wonders of His love. Amen. Amen. It's good to be in the Lord's house tonight, church. Amen. It is good to be in the Lord's house. Appreciate your presence. Uh, and uh, sorry for the delay. I've been in the honey pot downstairs didn't want to get out of it to be honest with you i just wanted to waller around i was having myself a feast just like a an old grizzly bear getting into some honey hallelujah but i said well i guess i better take what the lord's give me and bring it up here and give it to uh to you so uh amen the lord's good in the church it's been a tough afternoon i tell you anytime you uh brag on jesus and extol and pronote promote the name of Christ the devil doesn't like that and he's going to do everything he can to uh, hinder and oppose uh, the work of God amen but greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world and we're more than conquerors through him that loved us uh, all minds and hearts clear tonight before we go any further in the service amen sounds like y'all been warming up for Christmas amen is there any Christmas songs that you have not sung uh, oh yeah, okay, whatever. All right, Ruth chapter number four. Uh, amen. Ruth chapter number four in the Word of God. I'm excited about this study. I do desire your prayers tonight. Amen. Uh, have you enjoyed the study of the book of Ruth? Amen. I'll tell you what, just another example of the uh, inspiration of scriptures. Uh, amen. And how that uh, the entire... Word of God from the beginning to the end bleeds the color red. We said it this morning, uh, redemption is certainly the primary theme of the Word of God. And uh, we see that in, I can't think of any chapter in all of God's Word that better demonstrates uh, the price that was paid for us sinners. Uh, amen. And the fact that uh, there was one who was both willing and able to pay our price. Amen. Uh, and uh, I'm thankful for a heavenly Boaz. And Ruth chapter number 4 certainly does 
uh, a wonderful job illustrating what it means to be redeemed. You pray for me tonight. Again, I feel like I'm in big boy. Um, I, I'm, in, I'm in the major leagues tonight. Uh, spend some time in the minor leagues, but this, this evening this is big boy preaching, and I certainly do covet your prayers. But I do love God's Word, and I'll trust that uh, what... Uh, the Lord has uh, revealed to me through our studies will be as much of a blessing to you uh, in hearing it as it has been for me in studying and preparing it. Look with me at verse number 1 of the Word of God. Got a lot to say, so we better get right into it tonight. Then went Boaz up to the gate and sat him down there. And behold, the kinsman of whom Boaz spake came by unto whom he said, Hold such a one. Turn aside, sit down here, and he turned aside and sat down. And he took ten men of the elders of the city and said, sit, sit ye down here. And they sat down, and he said unto the kinsman, Naomi, that is come again out of the country of Moab, selleth a parcel of land, which was our brother Elimelech's. And I thought to advertise thee, saying, Buy it before the inhabitants. And before the elders of my people, if thou wilt redeem it, redeem it. But if thou wilt not redeem it, then tell me that I may know, for there is none to redeem it besides thee, and I am after thee. And he said, I will redeem it. Then said Boaz, What day thou buyest the field of the hand of Naomi, thou must buy it also of Ruth, the Moabitess, the wife of the dead, to raise up the name of the dead upon his inheritance. And the kinsman said, I cannot redeem it for myself, lest I mar mine own inheritance. Uh, redeem thou my right to thyself, for I cannot redeem it. Now this was the manner in former time in Israel concerning redeeming and concerning changing. For to confirm all things, a man plucked off his shoe and gave it to his neighbor, and this was a testimony in Israel. Therefore the kinsman said unto Boaz, Buy it for thee. So he drew off his shoe, and Boaz said unto the elders and unto all the people, Ye are witnesses this day that I have bought all that was Elimelech's, and are witnesses this day that I have bought all that was Elimelech's, excuse me, and all that was Chilion's and Malon's of the hand of Naomi. Moreover, Ruth the Moabitess, the wife of Malon, have I purchased to be my wife, to raise up the name of the dead upon his inheritance. And from the gate of his place ye are witnesses this day. And all the people that were in the gate and the elders said, We are witnesses. The Lord made the woman that is come into thine house like Rachel and like Leah, which too did build the house of Israel, and do thou worthily in Ephrata, uh, and be famous in Bethlehem, and let thy house be like the house of Phares, uh, whom Tamar uh, bare unto Judah, of the seed which the Lord shall give thee of this young woman. So Boaz took Ruth, and she was his wife. And he went in, to, in unto her, the Lord gave her conception, and she bare a son. And the woman said unto Naomi, Blessed be the Lord, which hath not left thee this day without a kinsman, that his name may be famous in Israel. And he shall be unto thee a restorer of thy life, 
and a nourisher of thine old age for thy daughter-in-law, which loveth thee, which is better to thee than seven sons, hath borne him. And Naomi took the child and laid it in her bosom and became nurse unto it. And the woman, her neighbors, uh, gave it a name, saying, There is a son born to Naomi. And they called his name Obed. He is the father of Jesse, the father of David. Now these are the generations of Phares. Phares beget Hezron, and Hezron beget Ram, and Ram beget Amenadab, and Amenadab beget Nashon, and Nashon beget Salmon, and Salmon beget Boaz, and Boaz beget Obed, and Obed beget Jesse, and Jesse beget David. And we could go on and on down the line and find that when it was all said and done, Ruth and, uh, amen, uh, Obed are included in the genealogy of the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. A Moabitess was included uh, within the, the, the lineage and the heritage of God's Son, Jesus Christ. Isn't that wonderful? A picture and a story of grace. Somebody might... Uh, a homework lesson, two things. Uh, again, first of all, rem- don't forget, because I might, that the word Ephrata, an Ephrathite, Ephraim, uh, that uh, word means fruitful, all right? But then secondly, uh, if anyone might want to help me, one thing I failed to do is to look up the name, the meaning of the word Obed. What is the meaning of the word Obed? And if somebody comes up with that, uh, you'll get extra credit. Uh, on tonight's sermon. Is that all right? Is that a deal? Amen. All right. Let's get right into it. Father in heaven, we love you tonight. Thank you for your goodness. Uh, Lord, you know the help that we stand in need of tonight. And Lord, certainly our inability to, uh, to do anything in and of ourselves through the weakness uh, and the frailty of our flesh. Uh, God, I can't ever think of any time that I've stood in the pulpit more unworthily than I do tonight. Uh, but God, uh, I'm thankful for your sufficient grace and your abundant mercy. Uh, Lord, uh, Father, and certainly it's not about the messenger tonight. It's about the message. We thank you for this wonderful chapter. We thank you for this wonderful book uh, and what it stands for, God. And thank you, Lord, most of all for our kinsman, redeemer, Jesus Christ, our heavenly Boaz, Lord. Thank you for him and uh, what he means to us, God. I can't think of a more appropriate um, uh, study that we conduct, can conduct just one week away from the Christmas holiday. Uh, I'm thankful that it's all about Jesus and that Christ might have the preeminence in all things. And it's in His name we humbly pray and ask these things. All God's people tonight said, Amen. So again, we come into this last chapter of the book of Ruth. And we started out uh, seeing how that... Uh, uh, amen. Uh, uh, this man Elimelech, he was a Jew. He left uh, Bethlehem, Judah, uh, the house of bread during a time of famine, wandered off uh, away from and outside the will of God into a place called Moab. And uh, amen. He was outside God's will. Uh, and while he was there, both he as well as his two children, his two sons, passed away, leaving. Uh, Naomi, Ruth, and Orpha as the only survivors of the family. We know that Orpha, uh, uh, amen, at the, at the um, 
The advice of her mother-in-law, which was certainly bad counsel, advised Orpha to remain in and amongst the Moabites, her own people, and worship these false gods. But uh, Ruth wouldn't have it, any of it. And she said, Whether thou goest, I will go. Whether thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people. Thy God shall be my God. And she, what a great step of faith that was required on behalf of Ruth to return with her mother-in-law, Naomi, uh, unto a place that she didn't belong. Uh, in reality, she wasn't welcome, but yet she believed that God would bless her when she got there. And uh, amen, she is the one that upon arriving uh, in Bethlehem, Judah, of course, the testimony of Naomi, uh, she said, I'm no longer Naomi, but call me uh, Mara, or a, a woman of bitterness, because I left full and I returned home empty. And brother, anytime you stray away from the fold of God's will, you, you'll leave out full, but you'll go home empty. Amen. Uh, and that's certainly what happened, but yet Ruth had faith, and she asked for permission to go glean in the fields uh, so that she might uh, be able to, to uh, scrape up enough leftovers so that her family, both her and her mother, mother-in-law, would survive. Uh, Naomi gave her permission, and she believing, when she went out into the field, believing that the Lord would provide for her need, and that's what happened. She Amen. Uh, God had something else in store. Hallelujah. She just happened to glean in the fields of Boaz, and immediately Boaz, uh, Ruth caught the eye of Boaz. And uh, not only did he allow her to glean in the field, amen, but he put her in the, in the place reserved for his maidens, gave her, uh, uh, amen, a permanent access to, to water and, and shelter, amen, and even... Uh, amen. Listen, uh, he, he wouldn't let her just have the leftovers. He wanted her to have the sheaves. Amen. So when she returned home that evening to Naomi, I mean, she just poured out a bounty of sheaves, handfuls on purpose, the best grain. Amen. I'm glad that the Lord, when we glean in the Lord's field, amen, he'll give us, he'll far exceed our expectations. Amen. Uh, amen. God's not... Uh, in the business of, 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 of allowing his children to feed off the leftovers, amen. Uh, he gives us the best grain. And uh, Naomi's response is, Where hast thou gleaned in the field today? Uh, amen. Well, uh, Boaz gave Ruth permanent access to his field of grace, amen. And, uh, uh, but then uh, Naomi, uh, she, uh, she had to, uh, she kind of, you know, she encouraged Ruth uh, to go present herself unto Boaz and to lay down at his feet. And I'm thankful for the access that you, I, you and I have to, 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 to come and cast our burdens and lay ourselves down at the feet of our heavenly Boaz. Amen. So we could say so much more about the things that we've studied up to this point. But now we see... we. Uh, upon leaving chapter number 3 and entering into chapter number 4, we find now that, uh, amen, Ruth had done everything she could do. Uh, she presented herself. She received, uh, amen, uh, the invitation of Boaz to lay down at his feet. But now, uh, amen, the rest of the transaction was, up, uh, was left up to her kinsman redeemer. Amen. How many of you believe that salvation and redemption 
the work's left up to the Lord. Amen. It's not our work, but it's His work. So uh, let's get right into it uh, this evening. Verse number 1 of our text, uh, we find a determination. Then went Boaz up to the gate. And this follows right on the heels of what we saw in verse number 18 of chapter number 3, where the Bible says, Then said she, Naomi, speaking, Sit still, my daughter, until thou know how the matter will fall. In other words, you've done everything you can do. It's out of your hands. Amen. Stand still and see the Lord's salvation. Hallelujah. For this man, Boaz, will not be in rest until he have finished the thing this day. Brother, I don't know about you. I'm thankful that the Lord our God, He's in the business of finishing what He started. Amen. He is both the author and the finisher of our faith. Amen. And Naomi had confidence. She just knew that there was something about this man Boaz, amen, that, uh, amen, uh, he meant business, and he wasn't going to, uh, he wasn't going to, uh, amen, he wasn't going to quit until this matter of both Naomi and Ruth's redemption was settled once and for all. And uh, that's what happened. He went up to the gate, amen. Now let's look for just a moment, and I've got a lot of scripture to read tonight. You can turn with me if you like, but you don't have to. You're going to have to play catch up because we're going to go fast. Leviticus chapter number 25, uh, we find what is the law of the kinsman redeemer. Uh, we find in uh, verse number 23 of Leviticus chapter number 25, the Bible says that the land shall not be sold forever, for the land is mine. Uh, amen. For ye are strangers and sojourners with me. And, all, and in all the land of your possession, uh, ye shall grant a redemption for the land. We're talking about the purchasing of property according to the Jewish custom. If thy brother be waxen poor and hath sold away some of his possession, and if any of his kin come to redeem it, then shall he redeem that which his brother sold. And if the man have none to redeem it, and himself be able to redeem it, then let him count the years of the sale thereof, and restore the overplus unto the man unto whom he sold it. Now we could go on and on and read on down through verse number 34 for sake of time. We're not going to do that, but we're just trying to show you that according to the Jewish law, when it comes to uh, uh, the ownership of property in uh, uh, the land of Judah, in and amongst the Jews, there was a provision made, uh, amen, for the uh, transmission uh, or the purchasing of property in and amongst those who were related to one another. Well, brethren, I'm thankful that we have a kinsman redeemer. Amen. I'm thankful that we have one who is, and this is the key here, not only... Uh, Amen. Not only is he able, but he's willing. Uh, he was willing to pay our redemption price. And it was a high price, but I'm talking about Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Hebrews 4, 14 through 16. Seeing then we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession, for we have not a high priest. We preached on this last Sunday which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace 
to help in the time of need. I'm simply trying, uh, amen, to display to you tonight the fact that Ruth's redemption, both Ruth and Naomi's redemption, uh, was dependent upon uh, their kinsman redeemer, uh, whether or not he was both willing and able to pay their redemption price. I'm thankful that we have one that was both willing and able. Aren't you? Uh, Hebrews 7, 21, for those high priests, for those priests were made without an oath, but this with an oath by him that said unto him, The Lord swear and will not repent, thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. By so much was Jesus made a surety of a better testament. And they truly were many priests, because they were not suffered to continue by reason of death. But this man, because he continueth ever, he hath an unchangeable priesthood, wherefore he is able to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. For such an high priest became us who is homely, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, and made higher than the heavens, who needeth not daily as those high priests to offer up sacrifice, first for his own sins and then for the people's. For this he did once when he offered up himself. We preached about it last week, how that Christ, amen, uh, amen, he's a prophet, the priest, and the king. But not only was he our priest, honey, he was the sacrifice too. I'm thankful for our kinsman redeemer, aren't you? 1 Timothy 2, 5 and 6, For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself, here it is, a ransom for all to be testified in due time. One more time, are you thankful for your kinsman, Redeemer, Jesus Christ? Amen. He was the only one who was eligible to pay our price. Now let's notice a position. Uh, verse number 1, the Bible says, sat him down there. Where did he sit down? At the gate. This was a position of, or this was a place of power and authority at the gate. Amen. But I, I'm telling you tonight, we've got one, our kinsman redeemer, our heavenly Boaz. Amen. After he died for our sins and after he paid redemption's price. Amen. His work didn't end. Amen. But he has a present uh, occupation and that is uh, he is seated at a very important place of authority and power. I'm talking about seated at the Father's right hand where He ever lives to make intercession for us. Romans 8, 34, Who is He that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God who also maketh intercession for us. Amen. I'm reading a lot of scriptures tonight, but that's all right. You can't beat what God said. Hebrews chapter number 10, verse number 9. Then said he, Lo, I come to do thy will, O God. He taketh away the first, that he may establish the second, by the which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ. Here it is once for all. Do you believe it's a once and for all sacrifice? And every priest standeth daily, ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifice. Notice what they were doing. They were standing daily, ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifices which can never take away sin. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sin forever, he sat down on the right hand of God from henceforth expecting till his enemies be made his footstool. For by one offering he hath perfected for, uh, forever them that are sanctified. 
Hallelujah. I'm thankful that, amen, it's not still trying to be determined. Jesus isn't, uh, amen, standing up in heaven, walking around, wringing his hands, trying to figure out how it's going to end. But, amen, once he, he went to heaven, he sat down because it is finished. Hallelujah. Amen. Hebrews 12, 2, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the, uh, amen, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Amen. Listen, we don't have to worry about where Jesus is at. Amen. He's in heaven. Praise God. He's interceding and mediating for us uh, unworthy sinners. Now there's an option. And again, verse number 1, And behold, the kinsman of whom Boaz spake came by, unto whom he said, Ho, such a one. Turn aside, sit down here. And he turned aside and sat down. Now, what we've got to understand, that there was, uh, there was a hindrance. There was something that stood uh, in the way and stood in between both Naomi and Ruth uh, being redeemed by Boaz. What was that? That was a kinsman who was closer to them than Boaz was. Now, one of the things about this story is, is it never tells his name. You know, that wasn't, but, but you know, the, uh, the name of this closer kinsman than Boaz really doesn't matter. Amen. What matters is the one who was both willing and able, and that's Jesus Christ. Amen. There was another option that first must be considered as a, as a kinsman, Redeemer of Ruth before Boaz. And I believe, uh, amen, in this little bibliology here tonight, but I believe that the first option that was considered, that had to be considered as our Redeemer before Christ was the law. Amen? Uh, Galatians 3.20 Now a mediator is not a mediator of one, but God is one. Uh, is the law then against the promises of God? Again, the relationship uh, in the New Testament between the law and Jesus Christ. God forbid, for if there had been a law given which could have given life, uh, verily righteousness should have been by the law. But the Scripture hath concluded all under sin that the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. But before faith came, we were kept and under the law, shut up unto the faith which should afterwards be revealed Wherefore the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ that we might be justified by faith. Now we know according to Paul in Romans, uh, the book of Romans, the law was never meant to remove sin but only to reveal it. Uh, the law could never take away sin. But the law came into effect to reveal unto you and I just how much we needed uh, a Redeemer and how much... How desperate we stood in need of forgiveness. All right, another passage in Galatians chapter 4. Now again, I'm talking about the relationship between Boaz and this more near kinsman uh, who first must be considered uh, as a potential kinsman redeemer. Well, I believe this story uh, can also be illustrated in the relationship between uh, uh, the sons of Abraham, uh, I'm talking about Ishmael and Isaac. And the Bible refers to Ishmael as being a type and a figure of the law, whereas Isaac is a type of grace. Uh, Galatians chapter 4 verse 22, For it is written that Abraham had two sons, 
the one by a bondmaid, the other by a free woman. But he who was of the bondwoman was born after the flesh, Hagar. But he uh, of the free woman, uh, amen, Sarah was by promise, which things are an allegory or figure. For these are the two covenants, the one from the Mount Sinai, which gendereth to bondage, which is Hagar. For this Hagar is Mount Sinai in Arabia, and answereth to Jerusalem, which now is, and is in bondage, with her children, but Jerusalem, which is and is bondage with, uh, which is uh, above, is free, which is the mother of us all. For it is written, Rejoice thou barren that bearest not. Break forth and cry thou that travailest not. For the desolate hath many more children than she which hath an husband. Now we, brethren, as Isaac were, or was, are the children of promise. But as then he that was born after the flesh persecuted him that was born after the Spirit, even so it is now, nevertheless, what saith the Scripture, Cast out the bondwoman and her son, for the son of the bondwoman shall not be heir with the son of the free woman. So then, brethren, we are not children of the bondwoman, but of the free. Amen. I'm glad we're descendants, not of Ishmael. Amen. That, that war still raging. Amen. The Ishmaelites and the Jews... But we're descendants of the free. Amen. I'm thankful for our heavenly Isaac. Aren't you tonight? Amen. But I'm just simply saying that before Boaz could ever redeem Ruth, uh, amen, this other uh, kinsman that was more near to Ruth and Naomi must, be, must first have been dealt with. Now there's an observation, verse 2, And he took ten men of the elders of the city and said, Sit ye down here. And they sat down. According to the law, there must be witnesses. Now, what are the witnesses? We don't know for sure. Uh, I guarantee if you studied uh, ten different commentaries, you'd get ten different ideas on who the witnesses represent. I'm thankful for the great, great cloud of witnesses as it is revealed to us in Hebrews chapter number 12. But uh, how about the Ten Commandments? Amen. Now, again, I'm just speculating tonight. Could the ten elders who served as witnesses under this transaction between Boaz and this other near kinsman have been the Ten Commandments. I don't know, but it sure is fun to think about. Hallelujah. One of those things we just aren't... Uh, listen, uh, there's bigger fish to fry. Somebody said amen. Now there's a presentation. And I'm getting somewhere tonight. Bear with me. I'm going to try to put this puzzle together if I can talk fast enough. Hallelujah. Uh, verse number 3, And he said unto the kinsman Naomi, that he's come again out of the country of Moab, selleth a parcel of land, which was our brother Elimelech's. And I thought to advertise thee, saying, Buy it before the inhabitants. And before the elders of my people, if thou wilt redeem it, redeem it. But if thou wilt not redeem it, then tell me that I may know. For there is none to redeem it besides thee, and I am after thee. So basically, again, you have Boaz seated here at the gate of the city. Again, this place, uh, amen, uh, this place, of authority to where transactions were made. And it just so happened that this near kinsman came walking by and Boaz said, hey, would you just wait a minute? I need to talk to you. And Boaz informed this near kinsman of the fact that Elimelech had a piece of property uh, that was available for this nearer kinsman to redeem. He informed the closer kinsman that he had first dibs, so to speak, regarding the right to redeem the property that belonged 
to Elimelech, and obviously after the nearer kinsman, then the property would fall, uh, the opportunity would be given to Boaz. But there was an obstruction, verse number 5, or no, excuse me, there was a cooperation. Verse number 4, he said, I will redeem it. At first, the nearer kinsman uh, was all enthusiastic about this opportunity to obtain this new piece of property that had previously belonged to Elimelech. But now we find there's an obstruction, verse number 5. Then said Boaz, What day thou buyest the field of, uh, uh, of the hand of Naomi, thou must buy it also of Ruth the Moabitess. In other words, listen, there is a catch. And on every good deal, there's got to be a catch. It's too good to be true. Somebody say amen right there. Uh, amen. And the deal was too good to be true because, uh, amen, whereas the property certainly was to be considered of value to this near kinsman, amen, Ruth, there was no value in Ruth. Uh, in other we might say at this, Ruth caused the property to depreciate in value because she was a Moabitess. And I personally think here Ruth is a type and a picture of sin. That which stood in between the near kinsman uh, being able to redeem. Now listen, he was willing to do it, but he wasn't able to. Because he viewed Ruth as being uh, amen, uh, a negative rather than being a positive. Amen. So just because the near kinsman was willing to redeem uh, Elimelech's property, uh, he wasn't able to do it. See, there must not only be a willingness, there must be an ability as well. Are you all still with me tonight? <laughs> he, 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 he'd love to have the property, he just didn't want to have Ruth to deal with. All right? Now, again, I believe this is a picture of the relationship that the law has to our sins. The law could not remove our sins. It only could reveal our sins. Amen? Now we find a description. <laughs> Why? Because, uh, uh, amen, uh, the wife of the dead. Amen? Now this reminds me of a, a, of a statement that was made about one, uh, a fellow named Mephibosheth, when old Ziba came to, to bring uh, Mephibosheth out of Lodabar. You know what Mephibosheth referred to himself as? A dead dog. Amen. That's pretty much what Naomi and Ruth both were. There was no value to them. Amen. Uh, they, were the, they were widows and there was nothing, and I don't mean to be disrespectful, but I'm just talking about in oh, the days of the Old Testament, there was nothing uh, more worthless in biblical times than a widow. Amen. Boy, I, I tell you, that's bad, isn't it? Uh, I'm glad it isn't that way in our day. But, but again, the wife of one who was dead, brother, before you got dead, you were before you got saved, you were dead in your trespasses and in sins. Uh, amen. I'm talking about of no hope, of no use, of no value to God whatsoever. Amen. There was nothing about us that was of any worth or value to our Heavenly Father. Resurrection. One who would raise up the name of the dead. Amen. In other words, this kinsman, you know, it's almost like in purchasing, not y'all stay with me tonight, in purchasing uh, the property that belonged to 
Elimelech, it wasn't just the purchase of property, but amen, in, in, in effect, he was going to be performing a spiritual resurrection. Because both Naomi and Ruth were, you know, they, they amounted to, amen, they were considered, they weren't dead yet, but they sure did have one foot in the grave. Hallelujah. The wife of the dead to raise up the name of the dead. Now there's a continuation upon his inheritance. Amen. Passing down what belonged to the Redeemer and to those who at that point in time were considered dead. Now there's a rejection and the kinsman said, I cannot redeem it for myself lest I mar mine own inheritance. And you know, this reminds me again of the relationship that the law has to we sinners. Amen. The law could not justly and rightly uh, redeem or forgive or atone for our sins. Amen. Listen, if God's going to justify us, He's going to do it righteously. Amen. And it had to be done according to, uh, uh, according in such a way as to not bring reproach unto His own name. And the law could not do that. Only Jesus could. Amen. Praise God tonight. I'm starting to have, have myself a good time. The delegation. Redeem thou my right to thyself. In other words, the nearer kinsman was turning his rights uh, of ownership over unto Another kinsman. Amen. A prohibition. For I cannot redeem it. Now he was willing to, but he couldn't do it. Because it would have marred his inheritance. Romans 8, 3. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin condemned sin in the flesh. I'm glad that what the one kinsman couldn't do, the near amen, there was a kinsman who was both willing and and able to pay our redemption price. Now there's a confirmation. Now this was the manner in former times in Israel concerning redeeming and concerning changing for to confirm all things. <laughs> We're getting ready to see what the price was for redemption as it relates to, uh, amen, the transaction that was made between Boaz and the near kinsman. A demonstration, verse number 7, a man plucked off his shoe and gave it to his neighbor, and this was a testimony in Israel. And, and, and this almost seems humorous to us, but when it's all said and done, you know what Naomi and Ruth were worth? The price of a shoe. I'm thankful that our price, the worth and value of our redemption is greater than the price and the value of an old shoe. Amen. Verse number 8 of transmission, therefore the kinsman said unto Boaz, buy it for thee. So he drew off his shoe. Now there's a redemption. Hallelujah. And we see the words buy and redeem uh, all throughout this chapter. And this is a type and picture of our redemption as sinners. Verse number 9, And Boaz said unto the elders and all the people, Ye are witnesses this day that I have bought all that was Elimelech's and all that was Chilion and Malon's of the hand of Naomi. Amen. The price was paid. The account was settled. The transaction was complete by way of the handing down and the passing off of one shoe. Brother, it cost a whole lot more than the, than the, than the price of a shoe to pay our redemption. 
Amen. First Peter 1 Peter 1:18 and 19, for as much as ye know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as of silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition of your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Hebrews 9, verse 11, But Christ being come and high priest of good things to come, by a greater and more perfect tabernacle not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by His own blood. He entered in once into the holy place, having obtained what? Eternal. I'm thankful it's not temporary. It's eternal redemption for us. For if the blood of bulls and of goats and ashes of an heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctifieth to the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered Himself without spot unto God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Isn't that wonderful? Amen. It was blood. It took blood. Blood was the only price that was sufficient to pay the cost for our salvation and our redemption. Now there's an addition, verse number 10, Moreover, Ruth, the Moabitess, the wife of Malon, have I purchased to be with my wife. In other words, you know what Boaz was saying? Not only did I get the property, but I got a new wife as well. Now again, what is amazing is how that for some unbeknownst reason, uh, Boaz was attracted to Ruth. Boaz fell in love with that Moabitess. Amen. Boaz literally, he, he viewed it as being a, a privilege and a blessing to be able to, uh, to purchase and obtain this uh, worthless one, this worthless widow that was considered as if she were almost dead to be his wife. Amen. Aren't you thankful that the Lord uh, loved us? Aren't you, willing, aren't you thankful that the Lord, He loved us so much that He was willing to do whatever He had to do? And hey, when it comes to Christ, there's no such thing as buyer's remorse. Hallelujah. Amen. He counted the cost. Amen. He did not hesitate. He was willing to go all the way just so you and I could become a, a part of His bride. Hallelujah. Amen. In intention, verse 10, to raise up. You think about this. Why did He... I mean, what was his motivation? What was uh, the end result of, of this transaction that was completed? And I can't think of a better example of what you and I have obtained and what we have inherited as it relates to the results of our redemption. To raise up the name of the dead <laughs> upon his inheritance. That the name of the dead be not cut off from amongst his brethren. And from the gate of His place, ye are witnesses this day. What's the result of our redemption? Life. Uh, spiritual life. Not just temporary life, but eternal and everlasting life. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life. And that you might have it more abundantly. Ephesians 2, verse number 4. But God, who is rich in mercy for His great love, wherewith He loved us, even when we were dead in sin, hath quickened us together in Christ. By grace you are saved and hath raised us up together. Amen. And made us sit together in heavenly places uh, in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come He might show the exceeding riches of His grace and His kindness towards us 
through Christ Jesus. Friends, what we're seeing here are the results and the changes. It's a change of position. Amen. I'm telling you, Ruth, she was considered worthless before Boaz was willing to purchase her and to redeem her and to buy her so that she could carry his name. But boy, all of a sudden, uh, that which was dead was, was made alive. Amen. Uh, now she had a new life. She had a new name all because of her affiliation with her, her Boaz, her kinsman, Redeemer. There's a transformation. Verse number 11, And all the people that were in the gate and the elders said, Now you, you watch this tonight, friend. We are witnesses. The Lord make the woman that is come into thine house this Moabitess, this Gentile, this one that before uh, the transaction was completed, she was viewed as a widow woman uh, that was pretty much dead to society. But now, but all because uh, Boaz was willing to redeem her and make her, uh, amen, his own uh, belonging unto himself. Now she's like Rachel and like Leah, which two did build the house of Israel. And do thou worthily in Ephrata, which is fruitful, and be famous in Bethlehem. Boy, what a difference it makes just to know a kinsman redeemer. What a difference it, it makes to belong to Jesus. Brother, you say, what are you saying, preacher next? Boy, I wish I had some people to shout me down tonight. Amen, I'm talking about a bunch of nobodies who, who became somebody all because they met a man named Jesus Christ. Amen. Listen, I belong to him. Amen. And listen, Ruth, nobody knew her name when she came into. Who is that Moabitess? What right does she have stepping foot into Bethlehem? Amen. But now she was no longer viewed as a Moabitess, but now people saw her as being married unto Boaz. Amen. She was a nobody, but now she was somebody. Amen. Praise God. That's wonderful. The Bible's wonderful, isn't it? Amen. Well, you know what the Bible says? If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are new. Amen. Not only did she have a new identity, but she had a new association. Look with me at verse number 12. And let thy house be like the house of Phares, whom Tamar bare unto Judah of the seed which the Lord shall give thee of this young woman. By the way, I believe Tamar also is identified within the lineage of Jesus Christ. Amen. Uh, but aren't you thankful that the Lord uses nobodies? Uh, Rahab the harlot, I believe also. Amen. I'm talking about people who are unworthy, undeserving, who had no business or right whatsoever to even step foot in the presence of Boaz. But praise God, by grace, God let them in. Same way He did you and the same way He did me. All right, there's a conception. And this is where it really gets good. Verse 13, so Boaz took Ruth and she was his wife. And when, I'm talking about a Jew marrying a Gentile, hallelujah. Uh, and when he went in unto her, the Lord gave her conception and she bare a son. That's right. We're talking about the lineage of Ruth. The heritage of Ruth. The reason. You know, it's a beautiful picture of grace. Amen. It wasn't, this, was, this just wasn't about 
uh, amen, the Lord feeling sorry for this Moabitess. Man, God, you know, I believe God had a plan. I believe God knew that Ruth, when God created this Moabitess, I believe He knew that one day he'd be, she'd be married to, to Boaz. She'd be the father, amen, uh, of, of Obed, who would be the father of Jesse, who would be the father of David, and all of it would produce a beautiful genealogy that would lead to our Savior and our ultimate kinsman redeemer, the one that's greater than Boaz. There's a portion. Verse 14, And the women said unto Naomi, Blessed be the Lord, uh, which hath not left thee this day. You know, not only, <laughs> not only, amen, was... <laughs> Yeah, man, not only did Ruth uh, bear the dividends of her affiliation with Boaz, but so also Naomi did as well. I believe Ruth is a type of the Gentiles. Naomi is a type of the Jews. A amen. Now, boy, I wish I had time to get into, into all this, but we know that according to the New Testament, it was through the unbelief of the Jews that provided we Gentiles with an, with an open door and the salvation, right? But one of these days, God's going to turn the tables. And it's going to be through the Gentiles. God's going to finish. The, the times of the Gentiles will end. And it's, going to, and it's going to be through our unbelief that God's going to open up a new door of redemption for His own people. Amen. And there, the Jews are going to reap the dividends. Amen. God, not only... Are the Gentiles going to experience the amazing grace of God? But his own people, Naomi, will as well. Isn't that wonderful? What a beautiful picture. Naomi got in on the blessings and the benefits and the grace and the favor that God bestowed upon, that Boaz bestowed upon Ruth. Recognition, verse 14, that his name may be famous in Israel. Amen. That's the truth, isn't it? Did, did, uh, you say, well, we don't know much about uh, the seed of, um, of Ruth. Amen. Obed, by the way, does anybody know what his name means? Some, surely somebody completed their homework assignment. Y'all get a felon grade. Hallelujah. But listen, uh, we may not remember uh, uh, Obed, but we sure do know about Jesse, don't we? And we sure do know about David, and most of all, we sure do know about the son of David, our kinsman redeemer, Jesus Christ. A provision. Here's what, here's what her son, here's what her seed was going to do. The seed of Naomi and Ruth, uh, he was going to be a restorer of her life and a nourisher of her old age. Aren't you thankful that your kinsman redeemer, amen? Uh, aren't you thankful that he's restored your life? Uh, amen. He's a he's a nourisher. He's a, he's a he's a amen. He's a he's a God. He's a kinsman. He's a redeemer of restoration, and he's a God of nourishment. Now there's an origin. Verse fifteen: For thy daughter-in-law, which loveth thee, which is better to thee than seven sons, hath borne him. Boy, I tell you what. Now you think about this: how the roles had reversed. Amen. When Ruth, or excuse me, when Naomi returned out of the land of Moab, she didn't want nothing to do with Ruth because, again, I personally believe that Ruth, uh, amen, Ruth um, was an evidence 
of the sin and disobedience of Naomi and Elimelech. But boy, now the tables are turned. She wants everything to do with Ruth because Ruth, amen, because her opportunity to obtain blessings, uh, amen, and provision, uh, amen, uh, and resurrection, it all came through her association with Ruth. Amen. Cultivation. Verse 16, And Naomi took the child and laid it in her bosom and became nurse unto it. Uh, verse number 17, a, re, uh, a relation. And the women, her neighbor, neighbors, gave it a name, saying, There is a son born to Naomi, and they called his name Obed. He is the father of Jesse and the father of 17. A generation. Uh, verse number 18, Now these are the generations of Perez. Perez beget Hezron. And Hezron beget Ram, and Ram beget Amenadab, and Amenadab beget Nashon, and Nashon beget Salmon, and Salmon beget Boaz, and Boaz beget Obed, and Obed beget Jesse, and Jesse beget David, and in a few generations on down the road, David beget Jesus. What a beautiful story of grace. What a wonderful picture of redemption. Through our, that has occurred through our kinsman redeemer, the one that's greater than Boaz, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. In a wonderful story, and I know that I've not come near exhausting all the truths, amen, that uh, are found within these verses and these four short, jam-packed chapters that's just full. But you know what it is? It's a story of grace. It's a story of goodness. It's a story, amen, of Someone who was unworthy. Someone who was, uh, amen, who had no value, had no merit, uh, no worth. no des She didn't deserve anything, not even the attention of a man of such high prestige and power as Boaz. But for whatever reason, it was love at first sight. Boaz fell in love with Ruth. Amen. She uh, was willing to receive him when she fell down at his feet. In, in, a, in an act of, of mercy, cry, of humility, crying out for mercy and grace. Boaz didn't reject her, he received her. Amen. He wouldn't sit still until uh, uh, the work was finished. Amen. He went through the, the one who was a near kinsman, but that near kinsman, I believe, is a type of the law. He was willing, but he wasn't able to pay the price of redemption. But I'm thankful there's one who was both willing, who was able, and most of all worthy to pay our redemption price. And that's none other than the Lord Jesus Christ, the author of eternal salvation for us. Let's all stand tonight. Father in heaven, I've done my best.